being in Hollywood is never seemingly very conducive to eating a lot of food. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about like your journey of saying, fuck that, I'm going to enjoy my life eating good food. I was young, watching all the women in my family constantly in the kitchen, having fun and conversing and laughing and listening to music, and it just looked fun to me. So food was always a passion. I mean, it, it to me, food evokes emotion almost like music does for people. And, you know, my, my daughter knows me more as an actress, and then my son knows me more as what he used to call me a cooker. My mommy's a cooker. I love food. I love food. <laughs> That's all I can say. I love it. I love it. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Big Time Adulting. You, you're just, you're gonna, you're gonna pee your pants a little bit when we talk about who we have as our guest today. Every- which is, which is more normal, by the way, at this age, at least my age. <laughs> Regular occurrence. Just if you jumped up and down a little bit. Tiffany Amber Thiessen, we love you. Our generation loves you. Thank you for being here today. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, as you know, I'm a huge fan of yours, so I'm I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I think I told you that I shit my pants when you shared um, one of my reels one time, and you were uh, like, yeah. please don't shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> please don't. No one needs to shit their pants. We have a lot of time later on that that'll be happening, right? So let's let's try to hold it together at least a little bit longer. I'm going to hope that 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 doesn't happen ever actually, mm, but I, I was truly like so pumped because, you know, I just feel like I've grown up watching you and I totally want to ask you some questions about your life in that phase. Like mm-hmm. everybody wants to know, like you start in these very popular TV shows that put <laughs> you into the spotlight as like an object of desire of every teen boy. You were like everyone's crush, women and men alike. I feel like we all loved you. Like what was that like as a teenager? Uh, I think I, it's complicated. I'll start there. I think at the beginning, it was more like I didn't understand it. And then it became more of like, okay, it's weird. And then it became like, oh, this is kind of (laughs) cool because I'm getting to do cool things because of this popularity, right? And then it became a little bit of like, it's not really me that they're kind of, you know, wanting or thinking they love. It's it's not, it's, it's this character. It really is. I mean- she was kind of designed to be, I guess, whoever created her, right? There was a few people that probably created her into what they thought was like the perfect girl, right? Yeah, America's cheerleader. Sweetheart. Yeah, of course. She was a cheerleader. You know, she was sweet. She came from a big family. Like, you know, all those things that I personally was not, right? <laughs> so, um, So then it it became more of like, okay, I can handle this because it's really like this character that people are kind of in love with, not so much me personally, because they didn't know who I was personally. Mm. So, And was that a security blanket to be able to sort of have this alter ego in that way? Yeah. I think think most actors could say playing a role definitely is like having an, uh, you know, another side, an alter ego. Sure. For sure. Mm. It it didn't make it any easier. I mean, people would still say shit. They would still talk 
good and bad, you know, and, and I remember, you know, we didn't have social media back then. So it was, it wasn't, thank God, thank God, because it probably would have been 10 times harder. And, and I know it's 10 times harder because I have a teenager who of course wants social media and I'm keeping it away from her as long as I can. Um, but we had websites, like it was like magazines and it was like websites that people would like write in and, and, and say things. So I feel like it was definitely easier to like not pay attention to it probably than it would be now. But I was curious, I was a curious teen. So every now and then I would go on it, but then I stopped going on it because I was like, it's just not worth it. <laughs> it's just not worth it. Like I needed to stay focused on being a good person, doing my job, being on time, making sure I got enough sleep, you know, getting through high school. And those were the things that I tried to focus on. Yeah. You'd do it all over again. At the age I am now, no, I'd be too fucking tired. But <laughs> if I had to have it exactly like that, yeah. I mean, I learned a lot. I got, I mean, I, I, you have to look back and say, you know, a lot of the things that I'm interested in or have passions about, like food, um, are all because of me getting to travel and go to Europe and do all those things that I, there's no way my family would have been able to do for me. You know, we didn't have the money. So, yeah. What was your upbringing like? Um, do you have siblings and... Yes. Um, two brothers. My parents grew up in, in Long Beach, California. Uh, went to public school until I was tutored, you know. Um, went to junior high with Snoop Dogg. Whoa. His name was Calvin back then. Was he was not sipping Snoop on gin and juice? Well, then? probably, but not hopefully in the hallways of school. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Definitely smoking a bone dog. Probably. Um, (laughs) But very modest. My dad worked two jobs to allow my mom to be, you know, home a lot more with us. And so, yeah, I mean, my parents still live in the same house I grew up in. Like, it's it's sweet. That's awesome. Now I'm really kind of reeling over the fact that you went to high school with, or whatever. Junior high. Junior high. We called it junior high. Now people call it middle school. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I called it junior high too. Yeah. But with, with Snoop. I mean, I did. I did. Oh my God. That's amazing. I just, my mind is exploding right now. Growing up in the public eye, did you feel like you had to overcompensate and be nice to everybody and be well-liked all the time? Was that a lot of pressure? Like, I feel like it's hard when you know people are watching you all the time. Yeah. I don't think it was about in the sense of like feeling like I needed to be nice. I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm a nice person. I feel like that sort of comes naturally. I, my mom used to always say, it's so much harder to be mean than it is to be nice. So just be nice. Um, so, but I think it was more about being watched, I would say. And as a girl, I, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's harder for a girl than it is for a boy. Cause I mean, we're all different, but I do believe sometimes girls get watched a little harder, a little harsher, a little deeper um, than boys sometimes. And and I have a daughter and, and a son, so I, I kind of see both. But I would say being watched was definitely probably the hardest part, you know, uh, and also doing it during those years where you're changing so much. Middle school, high school, you know, puberty, all that kind of stuff was happening all at that time. Um, and to do it in front of camera is ugh, it's not 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 the greatest. Takes a lot of balls. Yeah. Yeah, it does. A lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of strength, a lot of really self-reflecting constantly. Um, and I, again, say that, you know, part of who I am and, and kind of really understanding who I am as a person has a lot to do with all of that way back then. 
Yeah, and you never became like a disaster. You kept it together. At least to the public eye. No, um, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I came from good stock. Like my parents are, you know, still married to this day, and and um, you know, were huge, huge role models for me. My grandmother as well was a was a big influence on on my life as well, and she used to always say, you know, all this can be taken away, every single part of it. It doesn't mean it's going to last. So be grateful. Uh, take it seriously, be respectful. And and if you like it, keep doing it. But it all can go away. Yeah. Like anything. Like anything. Yeah. Like anything. Yeah. How did like that experience shape you kind of as a, a person today and as a, especially like as a mom, are you more sensitive as a mother raising, you know, <sighs> tweens, yeah. teens, stuff like that? Like, I think, Subconsciously, I am definitely more sensitive sensitive to it. I think it's made me realize how important it is to showcase myself in a way that's positive for both my my kids. Um, you know, and that's just mental health, physical health, all those things. And and you know, I'm going to be fifty soon, and and I think about that. Like, you know, I want my kids to see that I take care of myself in both ways. Um, and, and so lead by example, right? We always talk about lead by example and it, it's true. It's, it's, it goes across the board with everything. My husband and I talk about that all the time um, with, with every little nook and cranny, whether it's what you eat or what you do. And they're watching, they're, they're totally watching and they're watching the mistakes as well. Like I want to, I want to showcase also the importance of mistakes. Like people make mistakes but vocalizing those mistakes too and saying, you know what, I didn't do this correctly. I could have done this better. And I want you to learn from that. Speaking of a little bit more about your family, what's it like for your kids to go out and have you be recognized everywhere you go? Or is it not that big of a deal in your community now? It's not a big deal here. It's not a huge yeah. deal. I think people in LA and even when I was living in New York, um, it's a little more normal, I guess. I don't know. I mean, there's the every now and then you know, their friends will recognize me from a past TV show or something, but it's not all the time. So it's not, it's not a huge thing. Um, and you know, my, my daughter knows me more as an actress. And then my son knows me more as what he used to call me a cooker. My mommy's a cooker. Cause I was, you know, doing a lot of food shows and doing, you know, my first cookbook and all that when he was little. So he, he knows I'm an actor too, but he, all the shows that I've been on, he he doesn't watch, so he doesn't relate to those just as much as my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of this sort of like shift-ish in your career, in a way, um, being in Hollywood is never seemingly very conducive to you know eating a lot of food. Um, mm -hmm. Seems sort of like too bad because I love it's it. It's not really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Shined on. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about like your journey of saying probably just like, fuck that. I'm going to enjoy my life eating good food. Yeah. I mean, look, I've loved food. I've loved cooking since I was little. I was, I was, you know, young watching all the women in my family constantly in the kitchen, having fun and conversing and laughing and listening to music. And it just looked fun to me. So that was my initial sort of interest and intro into wanting to cook was at a very young age. Um, and then it was opened up more as I was traveling because of work and that I was exposed to different cuisines and going to Europe and, you know, being able to try things that I never probably would have been able to try. And um, as I got older and, and so food was always 
a passion. I mean, it, it to me, food evokes you know, emotion almost like, you know, music does for people. I mean, music does that for me as well. And so um, I don't see it as any, anything different. I love, I love food. I love food. Yeah. That's all well, I can say. Not to love. love it. I love it. I mean, it feeds our bodies in, in good ways and it evokes great emotions half the time. You've just written your second yeah. cookbook, which is yeah. called Here We Go Again. Like how much work goes into writing a cookbook? Like how long does this take you? How many recipes? Like do you do a lot of testing? Years. Books are books are hard, especially four colorway books are hard. My my husband's in the book industry as well. We're both crazy. But it's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It's another creative outlet. It's kind of cool to have something physical different than like a TV show or, you know, a movie or something like that that kind of lives somewhere else or in whatever you want to call it in the cloud. But a physical book is kind of interesting because it's like, it's, it's touchable, right? And it's neat. And, and I also look at it as kind of a collection of, um, or a timepiece with my kids, um, which I love because I do put my kids in them. And and this particular one, um, the idea kind of came about during COVID at the very beginning of COVID. And I'll just briefly tell you sort of the the idea behind of how it started was that, you know, none of us were going to the grocery store. We were so scared to go and, and touch anything and be around people. And so my husband was like, I'll go. And I was like, oh, that's, this is going to be interesting because he's never gone to the grocery store ever. But he would go and do it. And so I was really diligent about trying to figure out how much I could get the food to stretch that he got so we wouldn't have to go back. And it got me thinking like, you know, my mom used to do this. My mom used to stretch food, not because of COVID, of course, but because we didn't have the money. You use what you have. Yeah. So she was always stretching things that we were, she was making on Monday, like the chicken into enchiladas on Tuesday or, you know, whatever. And so I was like, you know, this is how we should be really approaching, you know, meal prepping and cooking for our families like this. Um, and I, and I was always really trying to teach my kids as well about food waste you know, it's one of the biggest contributors to global warming. And, and I was like, you know, this, this is an idea for a book that I have not seen yet. This is a cookbook that I've never seen before, where we're really focusing on the things that people already have generally in their fridge, in their pantry. Um, and so that's kind of how the idea started was because of that. Yeah. I saw your cheese it chicken sandwich the other day and that looked, that looked like the bomb. It was, it is the bomb. I mean, one, who doesn't love Cheez-Its and who doesn't love a fried chicken sandwich? I know. And then you put the Cheez-Its in it. It's, it's so good. But you can do that with any chips. That's the thing. Like any sort of good cracker. Um, you know, my kids used to throw away all the broken crackers at the bottom of the box. And, and I'm like, that's such a waste. I can do something with that. Yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. The crumbs. You could even mix a few types together if you want to absolutely just absolutely go buck wild with Mm -hmm. it like that. Yep. Yeah, you know what yeah. really tickled me? What made me almost pee my pants again is when you put pickles on the sandwich. I loved that. <laughs> I love pickles. I, like, I mean, oh, pickles are the is, best. Oh my god, talk yeah. dirty to me. I know. What was the premise of the first cookbook? The first cookbook is called Pull Up a Chair, and it was really just family-inspired recipes, whether they were from you know my family that I kind of modernized a little bit, or stuff that I've been making for my family and friends for for years. Um, some of them were on. The cooking show that I did for, you know, Food Network and Cooking Channel called Dinner at Tiffany's for a while. And then some were just the ones that we've been, you know, rotating for years and years and years. How did you like doing like a, a cooking show versus a scripted type show? So fun. 
loved yeah. it. Like loved it. Yeah. I loved it because it was like, I got to be me, you know, yeah. right. It wasn't, I wasn't having to play a character. I wasn't having to memorize lines. Um, I was getting to be in a kitchen and hanging with my friends on the show and, and cooking and drinking and like, I got to drink on the job. Like, wow. Awesome. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> How do I get one of these shows? <laughs> By the way, you look fucking great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. And I see that you ice plunge all the time. I do. It's Talk been kind that. of my new sort of passion. Um, I threw out my back. That's what happens when you get old. Caitlin, you throw out your back now. <laughs> So I threw out my back last December and I generally am a very positive person. You know, I'm, I'm generally, you know, exude positive energy. I believe in, you know, and, and, in that and, and how it affects yourself and others around you. And so when that happened, um, I was not in a good place because I was, I was kind of forced to be, uh, to not do the things that I normally do for my mental health, like going to the gym or not being able to cook for my family or hang out with my kids or, walk to get the darn mail from the mailbox, you know, like those normal things that you don't think about that are important. All of that was taken away. Right. So I was in a really grumpy, dark place and, you know, sitting here trying to like go to the chiropractor and, you know, ice my back and, you know, rest and do all that stuff was, you know, in my mind, not happening fast enough. I was like, what the hell? And I remember going to my chiropractor, who's a longtime friend and, and I, and I, I walked in and he was like taken back on how terrible I looked <laughs> and felt. And, and he said, I've never seen you this dark and depressed. And I was like, well, hell, Greg, you know, like I'm in pain. I can't do anything. And he goes, you know, I'm going to say this to you. Nothing physical is going to get better until your mental state gets better. And I was like, oh, damn, you're right. And so I got back into ice bathing and I told my husband, I want to start doing this at home all the time. You know, the dopamine you get from it, it's like a drug. Like I hardly drink as much anymore. Like that's the crazy thing, you know? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should try getting into one of those icy torture chambers too. I'm telling um, you, it's, it's How cool. many minutes do you go in that? So they say the benefits are around three minutes if you can do it, you know, but a lot of people, it's hard. I'm going to tell you, Caitlin, it's not easy. It's like birthing a darn child. But I will say this. I went through 30 hours birthing my first child without drugs. And if I can do 30 hours of that, I can do three minutes in an ice bath, right? That's kind of how I looked at it. Is it still hard for you or is it easy now that you're no, okay? It's still hard. It's okay. still hard. The easy part of it now is knowing that I can do it, right? Mm. So mentally it's easier because I can do it, but it's because I've done it so many times. But you still I still have to mentally put myself in a good place before I get into that darn plunge and, you know, suffer for 3 minutes. But it's 3 minutes and then again I'm going to tell you how you feel after, I feel like I can climb Mount Everest after. That's how awesome it is. Flip a car. Yes, flip a car. So I have to ask you the question that I ask everybody, which is, yeah. what is your favorite snack? Probably my favorite. I mean, I have so many favorite snacks. That's what's hard. But I mean, a good one that people are like, thought that I was kind of weird, which is why I had to put it on socials is my pickles, ranch, and potato chips. I don't have any ranch dressing in my fridge right now, I don't think. I'll send you the recipe to make homemade ranch because it's 10 oh. times better than the bot store bot. I'm sure. 
But another snack I love, um, you know, I'm a nut snacker. I do love nuts. Just like a handful of nuts type thing? Yeah, like a handful of pistachios or something like that. I, I love that. pistachios. Me too. You Me know too. what I always feel is it's like one of the greatest luxuries, a pre-shelled pistachio. Those are the ones that are in my pantry. Who has oh time God. to shell those? Not me. I feel like the fucking queen of Sheba when I eat a pre-shelled pistachio. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, just gonna pop. These I got my all little my suction cup container of those, and I just <laughs> open it yeah. up. Yeah, I know. Five so at good. once. So good. Who cares? So good. It was so cool to chat with you today and get to know you same. a little bit. You're such same, a same. lovely, lovely lady. Well, thanks, and, um, lady. And I love watching you. You really do bring some fun truth to uh, to the old parenting thing that we're all doing. You know, it's fun. It's fun to watch. Uh, love it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, well, we will keep in touch, and I'll I'll throw the link to your cookbook in my show notes so people can buy awesome. it. Awesome. Thanks, babe. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. For more information on today's episode, visit my show notes. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a review. Now get yourself a snack.